way and how's it going good man how are you i'm good i'm good i got a little something for you all right let's go all right so i realized that listening to my first million one of both of our favorite pods it sort of feels like sean and sam are always trying to impress each other yeah you know it's like oh hey what, oh, what do you got what do i got so i got one for you so last week we talked about mental models long story short i'm like mental models are a bullshit waste of time and you're like Eh, there's probably a little more to it than that. And I'm like, yeah, it probably is. So I go to myself, self, what are some mental models that would actually be relevant to me personally and might actually be a performance enhancer, like from the mental perspective? Here's what I came up with. Um, basically, it's a way to avoid being a little bitch. Now, that's a bit of a generic uh, a statement, but these are called the bitch attitudes. And this is actually is actually helpful to me, like really helpful to me to go through this. So um, what do you, is it called an anagram where each letter stands for a word? Something like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, hologram. Yeah. Hologram. That's it. Yeah. It's called um, that. Yeah. So, so these are the five attitudes that I came up with. I'm curious your response. And I struggle with some or all of these. Okay. These are the, the bitch attitudes. B is for belittled. And I think that's a solid one because this is sort of like the victim mindset. And this can be super small. For example, and the reason why I was really thinking about this. Okay. I'm 20 minutes late starting the pod because I didn't have my shit. My shit was not charged. You could have easily, and maybe you do, felt snubbed by this like oh, this is stupid uh, you know it's it's a sign of disrespect right Dude, or i had to go i had to go into the other room just to cool down and like compose myself i was that frustrated with you are you serious no okay god i was gonna say okay <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say like <laughs> you're being a little bit too much of a bitch on that one like uh, i love you but chill out yeah <laughs> So it could be something little like that. It could be something big, like an example from my own life is sometimes I have this voice in my head that like nobody likes me. Like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, they, they never reach out. Like I, I've tried to like schedule something with them. They never schedule shit with me, right? Oh, they, I guess they don't like me, right? So belittled is the B. The I is it just is. So it just is makes my blood boil perhaps more than anything else. I'm one of these people who absolutely cannot tolerate rules. Like I, I just mm. don't, I don't like rules. I don't like any, I don't like being told what to do. That's how I've lived my life, my career, et cetera. So it, it just is, I hear this all the time and you do too, where it's like, oh, I'm just old. Oh, I, I hurt my leg five years ago. Uh, it, it, that's just the way it is. Huge fuck that. If you're in that attitude, which I am from time to time, you're being a little bitch. <laughs> then the T I'm just going to keep rolling through these, but stop me if you want the T and this is the hardest one for me is for tired because mm. being tired sucks. It's for me, it just, it fucks everything up. Like it's, yeah. it's like, it's like tree sap all over me and my mind and my interests. Yeah. But as far as I know, there's not a great cure for being tired. You can't just be like, Oh, I'm being a little bitch. Let me get high energy. Um, I mean, I think there are a lot of ways to do that. You probably know some, but, um, but it's, like, it's hard to get yourself to do them when you're tired. 
You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, you're just like, ah, no, screw this. I just, I just want to like do nothing. Yeah. I'm just going to sink into my tiredness. But um, exactly. like you probably heard Sean on My First Million talking about how Tony Robbins does this thing where you create your best self and then you figure out what you have to do to be that. And so like mm. Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. And so yeah. I, I'm actually really, really interested in this and I'm going to be doing work on this at a minimum. I'm going to try to go to a Tony Robbins thing which I'm into that kind of stuff anyways, but um, interesting. Yeah. So B I T T is tired. Don't be tired. Uh, more to be figured out around that one. C is cheap. Don't be cheap. Now I see your wheels turn. So what cool. do I mean by that? This is a little bit like, um, what's the dude's name? The, uh, how to be a millionaire guy or what is it? I will teach you to be rich. That oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sethi. Sethi, Sethi, whatever his name is. His thing he annoys is, me, but uh, that's that's a conversation for another day. They all annoy me. Anybody who's more successful than me annoys me. Yeah, that's what it is. But he really kind of got this viral thing going where he's like, you're never going to get rich by not buying a latte. Buy the fucking latte. Mm, exactly. For me, there is really something deep in there. Like I grew up low income, grew up super cheap, grew up with my mom in my ear. Like you don't know what money is. You can't buy that, right? And it stuck with me. But now I'm in a position in my life where like, if something matters to me, I shouldn't act cheap, but I still mm -hmm. do sometimes. Um, and there's time to be cheap. There's a time not to be, but like, don't be a cheap little bitch. When you figure mm -hmm. out the things that are important to you, like, take an investment minds, uh, mindset on that, like invest in it. Yeah. Yeah. And then last one, H is hostile. So at this point you can tell that I was like trying to manipulate these to make it fit the word bitch, which it does. Thank <laughs> you very much. But H is hostile, simple enough. I think that's a super ineffective feeling to be feeling defensive. Like it's the equivalent of closing doors in your own face for me. Mm. Um, I have so many experiences where I have been guarded, defensive, sort of hostile in attitude with a partner, with a client, with my wife, like a friend, whatever. And literally a hundred percent of the time, just completely regret it. And you think mm. about these, like, ah, oh, that was a couple years ago. And I still think about when I was like, just sort of an asshole in a provoked. What, uh, what, what leads, like, what causes it? Um, do you have an example? I'll give you like a, this is a really dumb kind of simple example, but hunger, 100%. Mm. If I am hungry, I will be a reactionary kind of like, eh, you know, kind of bitch about it. Now, there's yeah. probably a lot more to it than that. Um, so the closest example and why I thought of this was yesterday. I had a call with a client for my services business who I have fired. Um, I just said, look, wait, we're done. I, I can't service you anymore. We'll give you 60 days to, to move on. But I'm very personally connected to them. And I really wanted to be helpful during this whole transition. They've annoyed me so much during this time. I'm not getting paid for any of this, you know, type of attitude. He was bitching at me yesterday about their final invoice. And I was just like, you're the, I was like, you need to know this. You are the worst client ever that we've ever had by an exponential margin, like not by a little ah, bit. You, said, you really said those words to him. Literally said those words and repeated huh. them. And then what I do is once I've shown my ass like that 
and I start like, uh, I start feeling bad. I dig my heels in and go further to make mm -hmm. myself feel right. And so I've already texted him. I've called him. I've apologized. I lost sleep last night. Mm. It's just, that's what it is. I feel like being hostile or defensive just slams opportunities and doors shut in your face. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. That's, that's such a cool model. The bitch attitudes. So <laughs> let me, let me read them back to you. So I, I know I've got them. Um, I probably already forgot. B. I was B. Belittled. It's too long ago. Belittled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I. It's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. That I, I like that one a lot. I, it annoys me so much when other people yeah. use it. And I probably do too, to an extent. T, tired. C, was. Cheap. Cheap. Yeah. It's that. The half coffee I had this morning, man, is getting to me. Well, it's not. It's not getting to me. That's the issue. Um, and H was hostile. Yeah, I love that. So don't be a little bitch. Don't do those down. five things. Yeah, good mental model. So on a scale of one to viral, how do you think this would land in the uh, self help personal development uh, circles? I think it'll land in the self help personal development circle that I want to be a part of. I yeah. think in other circles, it, it'll um, maybe, you know how there's like those people where they're like, ah, oh, it's too negative or like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's offensive. Like, yeah, I won't land there, but that's fine. It doesn't yeah, need so to land the, there. So those people literally fall into one of the big <laughs> exactly. yeah, yeah. that I literally just described. <laughs> yeah, they, they need to hear it the most. Like, that's the <laughs> <Exactly>. issue. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I, I liked about this is last week when we talked, I said some offensive shit. Not really because, uh, like I said, therapy's bullshit, right? Oh, That's yeah. offensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, sure. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah not not to me, <laughs> not to me, but maybe to other people. And so I'm not trying to be offensive, like for showmanship. I'm actually just trying for really the first time to say the things that I actually believe and care about in the way that's mm. comfortable to me. And I've never done that. Really, I've really never done that. Like when I used to do a weekly email newsletter, it was very, you know, formal and hi, everyone. How are you? You know, and that's great. Yeah. That's no problem. But like a part of this stuff, like we're doing on the pod, I'm trying to like find my own voice, you know? A hundred percent. I like that a lot. And I'm the same. I don't want to hold back. Uh, I will hold back a bit, but like not too much. Where's the line? Like, really, like, I is mean, it just, I, would I there just be things that are embarrassing or too offensive or something? No, no, no. I think it's more like um, the context of the podcast and like the, yeah. the niche that we're in. Like, there's some things that just aren't relevant that I might have controversial <laughs> opinions on that I probably won't share. Oh, I don't gosh. want it to devolve like, into like political debate. You know what I mean? Like, yes. But are you an anarcho-capitalist? <laughs> I, I have those tendencies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Uh, I remember when I f first heard the word anarcho-capitalist and I was like reading about this. And when mm. I heard that word, I was like, oh, this is, this is fucked up. And then when I was like yeah. really digging into it, I was like, oh crap. I think I am <laughs> one. <laughs> I don't really embrace yeah. the term, but yeah. No. I'm, yeah. I, uh, I'm, I'm actually intentionally trying to just stay away from all this stuff now. Cause it's like, a massive distraction to me. I am too. The only thing that I have found interesting in politics, 
like in the last three years is this fact. And I'm literally Googling to try to figure this out. Donald Trump has been going to every single UFC event. Yeah. Did you know that? He's in the front I, row I, I with Dana this, White yeah. at every single fight. And maybe he's gearing up for a fight, man. I just don't know why he's too old to fight. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he, he might just like it. Like he, he might just like it, but like with him and we don't, and we don't have to go any further, but like, this is just surface level stuff. But with him, mm. there's always a motive. Like he's trying yeah. to, it's a part of his brand or he's trying that to reach a, a certain point. audience or whatever. And so I'm just really curious. Like, I think that he, I'm not saying good or bad. I think he is effective at mm. marketing himself and getting voters. 100%. Um, so I'm just curious, like, what does the UFC have to do with this? Like, mm. is that just his base? Mm. Anyways. That's, so a, that's the, a good observation. I hadn't thought of, that, thought of that, actually. So these are things that we will not talk about on the pod, <laughs> ah, <laughs> which we well, just did. Off air, maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, off air. Oh, there's one um, of the bits attitudes. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> speaking of not being a bitch, I really want to hear about your hunting trip. So you went on, was this like your first time hunting, by the way? First time first hunting. Prop. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. I've never been, I mean, like other a, a little thing when I was a kid, I've never been hunting and I'm really interested in it because it seems to be, I mean, people have been hunting forever, obviously, but it seems mm. to be like really trending in a new type of way. Like mm. Joe Rogan's always hunting and Kid Rock, all he talks about is hunting and like Tim Ferriss is out hunting and everybody's like yeah. doing crossbows and hunting. And I'm super, super into this. So who, who did you go with? Like, what was their skill set, et cetera? Where was this? And then like, how did yeah. the whole thing go down? Uh, I'll tell you about that. I'd also like to talk about why I think it's becoming popular, which is yeah, kind of a meta discussion. Uh, we'll yeah, get definitely. to that. So disclaimer, because uh, I posted the photo to Instagram and staff and like, I actually thought I'd get a bit more pushback. I didn't. You mean one people being like you? That's I can't. Yeah, believe like one shit. one person sad reacted to it, um, and then I went to their profile and they had like pronouns in the bio, so I was like, whatever. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> there there's, we go. So, so, I didn't mention that in the bitch attitudes. There's two H's. This the last one is hunting. Like if you're against <laughs> hunting, you're a little bitch. So, anyways, exactly. Um, yeah, so like in in New Zealand where I live. And where I'm from, like hunting is very popular. It's, uh, we don't have any natural predators in New Zealand. So like there's no bears, there's no like wolves that are going to kill uh, animals like deer. And what deer do, they're beautiful creatures, but they completely mess up the environment. Like they oh, yeah. eat bushes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're pests. Um, and so in New Zealand, you can basically just walk onto public land um, with a permit that takes like two minutes to get on the internet it doesn't cost anything and you can shoot an animal which yeah. is great i've just never done it before so yeah. i have a, a a friend here in christchurch where i live he's super into hunting um and when i met him i was like man like i know you're into hunting like i'd love to, to head out um long story short we we hit out on saturday last saturday it's Friday today. It's been about a week. We um, we leave at 5.30 in the morning, drive an hour and a half 
start walking at seven. Just out first to the mountains. Mountains. You're just like out Yeah, the it's kind of like this somewhere. valley. There's like a river down yeah. there. And we walk along that river for like two hours. Yeah. Feet get super cold. Um, walk up the top of the hill. It's probably about 4,000 feet elevation at the top. Um, so it's, it's high, but it's not like super high. And we see a bunch of deer. Um, they keep running away from us. Because <laughs> you don't smell say. Us, right? This is, yeah, this is okay. one thing that I realized. It's like, I'm, I'm a researcher, okay? So like yeah, prior to yeah, the, yeah. the hunt, I was like going on all these yeah. forums, like trying not to yeah. look like a dick. Like I don't yeah, want to get yeah, to the yeah. day and be like yeah, a complete yeah. noob. So one of the mistakes I made is I had like this 65 liter hiking bag. And I was like, is this too big for like a is day it like hunt? noisy or something? Yeah, I was like, surely it's too big. I go on forums and like everyone's saying, uh, yeah, just take like a 25 liter backpack. Like you don't need a full pack. I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm not going to take the pack because I'm going to get there. And they're going to be like, why did you bring a pack, dude? Like that's too big. Okay, um, I'm like dying laughing because it's so funny to imagine these like really tried and true experience hunters. <laughs> they're bringing on the rookie for the first time and i'm imagine like first day of school you show up you're like hey guys i'm ready to go and they're like what and you've got a pack like from here down to your knees and you're like oh uh, did i bring too much stuff yeah like what is it well so that's 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 what i imagined it would be and so i was like well i better not take a pack so I, i've got like this 25 yeah. liter 30 liter <laughs> tactical rocking pack that i was like cool fit everything in nicely i was like shit if i get some meat i don't know how i'm gonna fit it in but we'll figure it out um and so i, I rock up at my friend's house and like it's it's three of us so it's him his friend and then me and i see that they've both got these like huge hiking packs yeah and i'm like so you did the opposite you yep. brought the small so one I, I did the opposite because that's what the internet told me to do <laughs> so anyway now can i just that was flag mistake this. number one can i just flag this for you the experienced hunter who's taking you perhaps you could have just asked him <laughs> yeah but like i'd already asked quite a few questions and i was like okay. i don't want to you know what i mean like yeah. being like, a little bit i was like do i we got on a day hunt like should i bring a tent just in case he's like no <laughs> okay that's such a dumb i don't even think i would have asked that question dude um anyway okay, carry so on. Carry on. we we get to like uh it's about 1 p.m and the deer keep running away and we're like i oh, will head back because it's going to be like a four hour walk back and it gets dark here at like 5 p.m at the moment yeah um we had headlamps it's not a big deal as we're walking back we look over at this ridge through the binoculars and there's like these stags um which for those who don't know like a stag is a male deer uh, yeah. red deer and it has like the antlers and it's it's like cooler to get Epic. a stag than like a, a female deer um and so it was like <laughs> by this point i was physically exhausted and i i wanted to go back but uh they were like oh you know sam it's your first hunt like there's a stag out there like it's up to you no pressure do you want to do it and of course when someone says no pressure i'm like, You're like and there's a group of other people i'm like uh I yeah let's do, to it. do this <laughs> i'm not gonna be a little bitch yeah. uh so we walk over takes like an hour get set up I wait 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 shot. let me stop here so basically you you've been hiking 90 percent of the time 
and yeah. then you see some deer and it takes an hour to get set up to shoot one yeah, okay so and, the, the and, you, deer, and you're hoping they don't run away during that hour exactly exactly what the do, whole what time do you have I was to do for as we were walking um the these stags were probably about they were across this ridge so imagine you're like on a hill and you can see this like uh -huh. other hill in the distance probably about uh -huh, five uh -huh. six hundred meters away yeah yeah but to get there you have to go up over the top of the ridge and then down to get close enough to it oh so um, you're just this is like the final approach to set up yeah the, the kill like you whatever. can't you can't really shoot it mm. like you could it was too far away to shoot at it was like 700 meters maybe like you're not going to get that shot um so we got closer within about 270 yards um that was actually the shot and i if you haven't shot a rifle before it's not like a video game where you're looking through the scope and you see exactly what happens after you shoot right. like the rifle kicks back it's a blur and my immediate thought was like oh, i've missed and i just yeah. hear my friends say oh you dropped him and it was like i was like what do you mean <laughs> you just completely dropped like the the dead no i know but you were like wait yeah i, I was like you're like what i dropped a, <laughs> dropped a shell like, I dropped a yeah no, i knew exactly what he meant and i was like um said a few things that i won't repeat and then but, the, but that was like an uh, that's got to be the best feeling like oh, that you felt in a very long yeah. time that was a massive rush um and then we walked well, down to it to like yeah. sorry one more question here do you have a lot of rifle experience like how do you how can you shoot a 270 yard shot and land it I, on, your uh, first try? on the tuesday before the saturday so tuesday last week i went to the range and like sighted in my rifle and put 20 rounds through it that's about the extent of the student experience i have and when you were doing that practice on tuesday were you like nailing some long ass shots and you were like no, okay it was, it was about 100 yards damn so, dude. maybe it's a fluke man i don't know they were like that's a good shot for your first shot yeah, and like, nobody else took a shot they were just kind of letting you just letting me because it was my first hunt plus we get down there um seeing the animal like it's a, it's an interesting experience it's like yeah. before that i'd only ever shot uh like like rabbits um yeah. like small you know it's like this animal is bigger than me this is yeah. like 100 plus kgs or 200 and whatever pounds some pounds yeah. um we cut it up we take the meat Blah, blah blah walk all the way back get home at like 12 a.m put all the meat was in their a... packs because you had a little tiny on. bitch pack is <laughs> no, that I, what no. happened I... You... <laughs> I took my light stuff out of my pack put it in my friend's pack and then put the entire leg in my pack <laughs> with the actual leg sticking out because I couldn't, like yeah. zip yeah. it up yeah. Yeah. um and then wrap the head onto the back but Okay, did you guys a, do any kind of like ritual? Like, did you take some blood and like mark it on you? Any? Did you cut his balls nah, off? None of this. No. Nah, okay. I mean, that, where nah. I grew up, they do stuff like that. Every, where I grow up, everybody hunts deer. They're like small deer, not like the one you got. Yeah, yeah. And they go to these camps where the kids are like fourteen years old. They go on their first hunt. Somebody gets a deer. They cut his balls off, put it on a string around the boys' necks, and they have to wear it and all this different stuff. I don't really know where that comes from, but huh. well, there, there's some people who eat the heart. And we did make a joke about oh, yeah. that. Yeah. He's like, hey, there's a heart there if you want it. And I was like, ah. And, and no, like I, I think I'm kind of badass now that I've I've killed a deer, but I'm not that badass. Dude, I I guarantee you I could have gotten you to eat the heart. You know how? Guaranteed. How? Just be like, hey, no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> you would have been like, I'm doing it. 
that's like your that, that's like your um your buzzword or whatever like, yeah that would that might have worked i don't know yeah no pressure um, man anyway but, you know good yeah great day um how it relates to outliers i mean look like i don't know it's, it's just cool to talk about we don't need to relate it to the podcast idea no no i do i do want to though because it, it's popping so when i was thinking about hunting i was thinking about like cameron haynes you know mm. Cameron Haynes, I don't know, three, four, five years ago, literally no one's ever heard of this guy. Exactly. Now he's the fucking hottest high performer, most interesting yep. man in the world, right? And it's yep. just cool to see that stuff happen. And a lot of it revolves around hunting. And I keep on mm. podcasts, whatever, all these like ultra high performers are like, um, oh, and an MMA fighter who just won a big fight in the interview. Yep. They're like, what's next? He's like, oh, I'm actually, I've got permits for elk season in Colorado, mm. you know? It just mm. keeps coming up and up and up. So I am wondering why. I'm wondering if it just mostly has to do with the exposure to nature. Like, okay, yeah. one, it's a group activity. Two, you're basically hiking. So it's you're, hard. It's hard. You're hiking. You're not you're hiking. You're usually not hiking through through trails. That's the other thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're trekking. It's like just that was the thing I found hard. Just like walking through bush. Yeah, my legs yeah. got completely yeah. scratched up. It was like, wait, did you not? Awesome. I mean, you had pants on. Not shorts, right? Shorts. Sh you wore yeah. shorts for the whole thing? Did the other yeah. guys? Yeah. That's New Zealand, bro. That's what we wear. <laughs> okay, like, I, yeah, I have to say, cold. I I saw that picture of you, you know, hold, holding the deer's antlers and you were in shorts. And yeah. I literally thought, oh, he took his pants off for the picture. That's weird. I was literally, I was going to no, ask no, you no. why. Oh, dude, that's hilarious. No, we, that, no, it would have been better never to wear fly pants. in America. Never fly in America. Really? No way. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Total cultural difference. <laughs> yeah, well, we were kind of joking about the fact that, like, you know, hunters these days, or anyone in any sort of field, you have all this gear, like all these gadgets. And it's like, you go back 100 years, some guy just went out there, no headlamps because yeah. they didn't exist. Nothing. He had, like, normal clothes, um, probably didn't even have a scope on his rifle, and he just, like, killed deer. Fuck, you go back it's before like, that. They just had like a handmade yeah. bow and arrow and some rocks. Exactly. And they would take down the um, bison, you know, in, in the But US. yeah, going back to what you were saying, I yeah. think like, I think it's becoming very popular with with people who like to perform in, in various fields because of the physicality of it, because of the nature, like you mentioned. Um, and then it's like a, especially with bow hunting, which I've never done, but I have a friend who, who does it. It's like hunting on hard mode. Like yeah, you cannot, yeah, yeah. you cannot yeah. shoot a bow from 270 yards. You've got to get no, way no, closer. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about that. I was like, man, bow hunting. Yeah, I'd love to get into it, but it's. Um, yeah. I also like meat, and so I'd like to get some meat occasionally. And you got an ass load of meat. Do you have like a deep freezer where you put all this meat? Do you call it venison? We call it venison. Venison. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I ate the back steaks, like the the back straps on the top of the the deer. Um, and then yesterday I picked up a ton. Uh, so I went to the butcher with all the, the leg meat cause it's not that nice. Yeah, like if you, yeah, yeah. yeah, beef is way better. And I went there and they're like, oh, we can only do one thing. Cause I wanted salami. I wanted like burgers, like the whole lot. Yeah. Um, we can only do one thing. And I was like, I'll just get sausages then. And so I picked them up yesterday and it's like this huge bag of venison sausages with like Texan chili flavor. I get home, uh, get home, Emily's like, 
lot Gross, of my life. Dude. Um, yeah. like, this is gonna last a long time. It's like, yeah. Have you eaten one yet? Yeah, we had them last night. They were great. Were they good? Okay, I was gonna say, yeah. I just hope they're good because that would totally suck if they like tasted bad. Yeah, I got a great, I got a great salami New Zealand story. It's short. Yeah, actually, is it a great story? So it, it starts with kind of a funny thing. This is like actually really funny to me about New Zealand. So my wife and I were we rented an SUV, put an air mattress in the back, and we drove around both islands for a month. Yeah. Amazing. Like as biased as you are from living there, like, you know, that that's an amazing experience for anyone mm. in the world. Like your country yes. is literally insane. Um, so early in the trip, we want, we just would buy, we had like a camping stove in the SUV. We put it on the ground. Like whenever we pulled over to eat, we would stop at little local places, like try, try to find some, whatever I'm at a local butcher shop. This is outside of Auckland somewhere, maybe three, four hours outside of Auckland. And I go in, I'm talking to the guy. I'm like, oh, wow, what's this? What's that? What's that? And I'm like, so is everything local? And he was like, local, what do you mean? And I was like, you know, like, is everything like the meat, the animals, are they local? And he was like, local? And I was like, like, are they from around here? And he was like, yes. It was hilarious. <laughs> he literally didn't understand the question. And yeah. I was just like, oh, all of your food is local. I get it, which is just phenomenal. Like I, the the food on the whole in New Zealand was phenomenal mm. from that perspective to me. But anyways, we chatted for a bit. I bought some lamb chops, which we ate an ass load of in New Zealand. And he's like, "Hey, I uh, I have something special that I just you know made. I've got it in the back. Do you guys want to try some duck salami?" Mm. And I'm just like. God, yes, I want to try some duck salami. Yeah, yeah. Best thing I've ever I've never even heard of it. That dude comes back out with a 14 inch uh I don't know kilos, but this is like a three, four pound log of duck salami. And he's like, here you go, hmm. drops it in a bag. Wow. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So I mean, <laughs> it's literally for the next week we were eating slices off the the duck salami oh, that man. this dude made and it was still to this day one of the best things i've ever eaten yeah it sounds amazing never Thanks, tried duck salami but i want to now yeah um so back to high performers hunting anything more to be said there my, my takeaway from this or, or, yeah oh no go ahead no what i was trying to think about is i, I love the idea of like trend investing not too trendy mm. but like I would want to find a way to invest in hunting. Like if I was an entrepreneur, yes. if I was interested, I don't know what that would be. But when you think about hunting, you're like, oh, people have been hunting forever. But no, yeah. something has changed. And there's going to be an explosion of like direct to consumer hunting brands, new types of gear. Like if you think about like gym gear, right? I just yeah. bought a hip hook and I bought shorts from 10,000. It, it never stops. I bought a red light here's, electrical therapy thing. Like that's going to be happening for hunting. Dude, I, th I think here's, here's where gap in the market is. I could be completely off on this, but you know, well, go you, back you a have couple been of hunting years. one time. So yeah, no, no, it's more, it's more, I'm coming from the perspective of someone who wanted to go hunting three years ago, but like, I didn't want to go by yes. myself. Yes. Um, Yes, I and think I, I didn't the like idea. really have Maybe. anyone. It's also it's also kind of weird to ask people like, "Can you take me hunting?" Because yep. because it's a hard thing to do. You're often hiking a lot. Um, you don't just want to take anyone out. I assume, like as an experienced hunter, for obvious reasons, it's like 
you don't want to get stuck with them or they screw something up. Um, Now, in New Zealand, and I imagine the States as well, there are what's called outfitters. And so actually, we have a huge industry in New Zealand, which is like basically trophy hunting. Americans will come over. You go onto these websites, they're like in US dollars, even though we don't (laughs) use US dollars. And you pay like $30,000 to get a, a big stag or like whatever. And it's like, that doesn't appeal to me. And I'm not paying 30 grand to go and shoot an animal. Yeah. Um, but I would pay like, I don't know, like a grand, two grand to like, and I, I would have back in the day to go out and have someone like guide me with hunting. And they do exist. But I think that's just going to become a bigger industry of people who like yeah. want to go hunting, not necessarily for the trophy aspect. They don't want like the white glove experience where they go back to a lodge at the end of the night and get like, a five-star no, 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 no. dinner cooked, you know? They just want to go out with someone who knows what they're doing, um, who's prepared to do some some hard work. So I think that's one area to invest or like think about business opportunities. And then the other would be just the gear. Like, Dude, I have the, literally so the two exact same ideas. so expensive. Yeah. yeah. The, the amount of money I've spent in the last few months is like stupid. So you were buying all the stuff for this, so you'd have it. Well, you weren't like you know, borrowing it's some, it's stuff. It's not like for the for the one hunt. Like it's something I want to keep doing. Yeah, 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 so I knew yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. But stuff isn't cheap, man. Dude, I had literally the exact two same ideas. Number one, I would call the first one like the UX of going hunting. Mm. For me, it's impenetrable. So I I don't have the friend that you have. Like I don't have any friends mm. that I know of, like locally. Yeah that do stuff like this. So start, start at square zero. Okay. You don't even have that. So at one point, a few years ago, I'm like, you know, I'll look at what's online. Like, you know, what do I need? Like, how do you get a permit? Maybe I can figure some things out. Absolutely impenetrable from Mm. like a user experience standpoint. There is no Airbnb for hunting. There is no like, um, Oh, you're in Greenville, South Carolina. Here's the place to go. You need to talk to Mike and the permits $40. That'll get you started. so there's something to be said there. And then, yeah, the gear too. Um, one time I looked at buying a business. Uh, this might've been before I knew you, but it was a content site for hunting gear recommendations. And it huh. specialized in the sites and other stuff too. Yeah. But I was like, yeah. man, that's a really good niche. Like oh, if, yeah. if you Google anything about like a hunting site or a rifle site, whatever they're called, it like goes to this guy's site. I probably missed that one, but. So, yeah, I mean, it's like high ticket, high ticket products, man. I think mine yeah. was fifteen hundred US. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, go invest in hunting. Um, speaking of hunters or not hunters, um, you want to talk about <laughs> Brian Johnson? Total pivot. Let's talk about Brian Johnson. I've actually okay. been looking forward to this topic. Uh, I have too. It's so fascinating I, to me. Yeah, and so the the connection here is that he's a vegan, which yes. And there's a lot more to be said about them. I will, I will confess. For me, veganism is basically a mental disability, and Ooh, going <laughs> right in. <laughs> yeah, like you're, you're literally. The time and place for veganism is like I totally am into like monks, right? Like a monk, sure, a, a, yeah. a Buddhist monk who's vegan, no problem, perfect, makes sense, right? Mm. There's a time mm. and a place and a purpose for it, but I'm so biased against it. But here comes Brian Johnson, who is literally proving with hard data that it is like extremely healthy, 
in a huge number of ways and he's not yeah. like a shriveled up dude like he's cut he's strong doesn't, he worked doesn't out doesn't he say so. though that he's he's vegan by choice i don't know i never saw that no, no I think every, he does. everything he does is for longevity yeah I but i think part. i think he said somewhere i could be wrong but like i think he said somewhere i'm, I'm vegan by choice not necessarily because it's like the healthiest thing please find so i don't think he's that's gonna... i don't think he's anti meat well i don't think he says that meat is worse for you because that's that's the other thing i take issue with it's like i'm pretty sure uh meat especially red meat is like good for you you know yeah it is it categorically good for you however yeah. the question is are there other ways of eating that might be even better and i don't know yeah but i'd have to find out more about that because i thought veganism was like foundational he says on his site he's like the a huge myth is that um if you're vegan and you use caloric restriction like he eats like 18 1900 calories mm. a day he was like the myth is that you're going to be frail and weak and he's like and that's just mm. not true so sure I'd, I'd agree with that yeah he looks kind of frail and weak to me to be honest but <laughs> <laughs> um so anyways back up. where do we where do we start with brian johnson i mean i think he's so interesting to me i i want to not like him and i think i don't know why that is yeah. When when he first came on the scene, I was like, there's something wrong with this dude. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? But now, as I've watched more of his videos, I'm like, I don't want to be him. Uh, but I like what he's doing in the sense that like he, he's basically he's a science experiment. And he's got to push things forward that like scientists can't do because it takes so long. Yeah. Um Yeah. I still don't know what to think. So, so I, I had some yeah. notes. The literal first sentence I wrote is he's a science experiment. But my, <laughs> my, my thing here is that like science is extremely, extremely interesting, mm. but I'm not personally that interested in it. So like yeah. my feel with Brian Johnson, I've read like all of his medium articles um, and there's some really interesting stuff, but like my feel is that whenever he finds the big conclusions that he's looking for, I will read the book. In yes. the meantime, I'm not the biggest into this thing. What I found really interesting about him are when, when I, when I read through his medium articles, he basically came up with like three really big ideas and blueprint came out of one of them. His company Colonel came out of one of them. And then like what he's working on now came out of it. And I thought that was really interesting. Like imagine being a person who's like, I have three massive ideas. They all connect together a little bit. One of them, I'm going to completely change my life in a way that basically no human has done before. Another one, I'm going to invest all of my like hundreds of millions of dollars into this one pie in the sky futuristic company. So I thought that was really cool. So can I walk you through these like three yeah, yeah, yeah. big, big ideas? And then we'll like go back to more. So the if, with him, it sort of starts with what he calls the self IPO. Have you seen this? You read uh -huh. about this? Okay. So this whole blueprint thing, everything that's doing, it goes back to, he just basically had this insight that there's a bunch of different people living inside of me and their goals don't align everybody's all mm. fucked up. There's the guy in me who wants to sleep late. There's the guy in me who says we should get up early. There's a guy in me who wants to eat pizza at midnight. And there's a guy in me who 
um, is worried about work, right? And so he just came up with this big plan and he calls it the All Brian's. He's like, so it's his writing's a little corny, but he's like, we had another All Brian's meeting last night and we <laughs> fired like late night eating Brian. Like, yeah. It's corny, but I think he's super, super onto something there. So you have to like reconcile those different parts and goals within yourself and align them toward the shit that you know is important to you. Of course, that's sort of what gave birth to Blueprint. Because he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to start sleeping better. I'm going to start eating better. And I'm going to improve my longevity. How do I do that? Well, I should do blood tests every 90 days and see what the biomarkers say. Whatever they say, I'm going to modify my diet and whatever, you know, based on that. So anyways, to the self IPO part, his whole point was, if you can remove all that friction and energy loss from your life of, should I get up early or not? Or, you know, this thing, it frees up an ass load of energy, which you can then IPO into mm -hmm. whatever big creative or meaningful thing um, you're interested in. The second idea he calls self automation. And so basically what he's do saying there is that, okay, so what I've what my insight is that we need to, you know, lock in on these goals and build routines all around them. That's a form of automation. Well, how far can you take this self automation? Humans have a, a fixed amount of energy that they can use. Can I automate everything so that I have more energy to put into these futuristic projects? So he writes about self-automation and I'll read you this bit. Um, he, he describes the five levels of, of self-automation and level five full automation is something that doesn't even exist yet because there's like AI, like this is where the human brain interface yeah. AI shit comes into play, which is the company he started. So again, like it's mm -hmm. cool how all these things flow together. But anyways, listen, he writes this, um, at level five, full automation, your body is optional. <laughs> it literally, it literally <laughs> just says, it literally just says, quote, body optional. Um, no intervention is required at all. A self goes about one's day optimally guided for all the operational cognitive tasks that are thought undeserving of attention, freeing up all metabolic capacity to explore higher order cognitive discovery. <laughs> and see, this is where Brian Johnson loses me. I read that and I'm just yeah. like, oh, buddy, like you really had me on this blueprint stuff, yeah. on this longevity. And then it's like, <laughs> next, we're going to completely automate literally every physical need that you have so that your body's optional and you can focus on higher order cognitive discovery. <laughs> that yeah, awesome, that's, dude? yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. There's, there's, that's, that's where it breaks down for me too. Cause I'm like, yeah. There's, there's been something I've, I'm trying to articulate this. I'm not sure if I can, but first of all, I think a lot of the, uh, the hate towards Brian Johnson is mostly cope. It's people who look at that and go, you know, you know, you're familiar with like what a cope is. Not like, I, okay. I don't think so. I know someone, word. someone sees him, someone sees him doing this stuff, like being, you know, super optimized and healthy. And they're like, uh, I mean, you got to live a little like having pizza once a, once a week is like a cool thing to do. You. It's fun. Yeah. And it's like really a lot of what these people are doing is making justifications for their lack oh, of yeah. self-discipline. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just, yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's a large part of the hate. I just saw it on Twitter before our, our podcast. Like 
Mark Zuckerberg, the Zark. Uh, there's like a photo with him, Israel Adesanya, um, and Alex Volkanovsky, and they're training together. And like, Zark looks pretty good. Like, he's got a decent physique. Um, yeah. And it, and all these comments are like, oh, well, yeah, when you're a billionaire, like, you can afford dietitians and trainers. And like, his physique is good, but it's something that you and I can attain yeah. fairly easily, I think. I'll um, bet you anything that he actually doesn't have like a huge team of, of nutritionists. And no, I, I think yeah. he's a pretty competitive dude. Like yeah. he's, he's pretty yeah, good. He goes to jiu-jitsu. Um, yeah. I've yeah. been accused of like dick riding Zuck on Twitter. So I, I, I'm probably going to get accused of that again. I just think yeah. it's interesting that he's doing all this. So I, by the way, I um, didn't know that Brian Johnson is getting a lot of hate. I mean, I figured there's some haters, but I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not hate, but it's just, you get these, these comments that the, which I, I just call it cope because that's what it is. It's people who are like, they see that and they instantly try and figure out a way to like justify their own to choices. Knock it down. However, yeah. I yeah. do think on the other end of the spectrum, there's like the idea of being optimal to the point that he is like, there's something about that, that just, <sighs> I don't know how else to say it. Like it lacks soul. To give yeah. you an example, which might totally. not be that good. Like, okay, you go on a hunting trip. Last Saturday, I walked 15 hours. I didn't walk for the whole 15 hours. But it was a long day. It's one of the hardest, like most physically challenging days of my life. Now, if you looked at that from like a scientific perspective, you're like, oh, you overdid it. That wasn't yeah. the optimal way to train, like all this kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And, and yes, I had doms for like three days afterwards and it completely threw off my training for the week and all that kind of stuff. Probably wasn't good for longevity either. <laughs> But like, it was fun. It was yeah. like, so I don't know how to articulate it well, but I think there's like. Oh, no. A, in all seriousness, yeah. if that hunting trip would take six months off your life at the end in your yeah. 80s or 90s, would you still have done it? Six months. I mean, it's easy for me to say now because I'm 28. I'm like, that's so far away. But like, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. a good, it's Dude, a good experience said, to yes. have. I'm a and very, so think, very life is meant to be lived kind of guy. Exactly. Like, Let, let's so fucking I let's like, do this. One one thing I heard yesterday, um, Danny Miranda podcast with this guy, Peter Crone, who's like a performance coach, dude. He he said like, he said, I, li I don't like anti-aging, but I like longevity. Yeah. And I thought that was a good way to put it. It's like, mm -hmm. I have not interest in trying to live forever, but the idea of extending one's like health span, as Peter Tier would put it, of course. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want to live a a longer, for a longer, healthier time? Yeah. You know? So it's like with Brian Johnson, take the good parts. I'll, I'll do like 10% of it, 20% of it maybe. Yeah. I, yeah. Essentially, I went into it being like, okay, I know I'm not going to like this guy. So let me find the reasons why I don't like him. In the yeah. end, I, I actually like the guy. I yeah, think it's just yeah. incredible what he's doing. I think it's amazing that he's putting it out there. Um, yes. I think that his big ideas around this concept of self-automation, unleashing your energy so it can be directed to higher things, and this other third idea he calls zeroth principle thinking. Have you heard of this? I've seen it. Yeah. Well, of course, everybody talks about first principles thinking, but he's got this whole thing like, no, 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 no. We need zeroth principle thinking. And he uses as the example when humans discovered zero. Like the okay, number. I've, I've been reading I've been reading the book that he recommended. Zero? Um, that book? 
Yeah, like the biography of Zero. It's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's on my list now. I was going to call it out. It's called A Biography of a Dangerous Idea. Yeah. That's You're reading it. it? Yeah. Is it, is it yeah, good? Yeah, I'm like super through. boring. No, it's, it's super interesting. I had no idea. Okay, I just assumed that Zero existed like forever. <laughs> and it's like, nope. Yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. So his whole thing is that like, if you can automate yourself and then use AI and then really put all of your human capabilities to good use, you can then come up with new zeros, like fundamental mm. building blocks that are going to change everything. And that's what his companies are supposed to be and what he tries to invest right, in. I see. So I got to say, like a dude who is living his ideas in every way, shape or form, sharing the journey it's mm. kind of like Zuck. Like I, at this point I, I have stopped hating Zuck. Like it's, mm. it's hard to hate him now. The one thing I will yeah. say, I'll say two things. I'll not, I'll knock this little fucker. One, <laughs> his company Braintree sucked massively. I had, to, I, I was a customer of Braintree in their defense. They were like early two thousands when basically mm. all software still kind of sucked, but I had to use Braintree for a business once that I consulted with horrible horrible mm. stripe was like a trillion times better second yeah. is if you really want to like kind of like knock the guy just look at the photos on his site he's got a whole <laughs> he's got this whole thing like in his writing he's like if you want to see more just look at my photos below and i look at the photos and i'm like oh he's <laughs> like not cool like they're they're really not that cool so anyways keep getting it brian go for it buddy yeah, it sounds like we're on the same page there. Pretty much. All right. Do we want to um do we want to quickly talk about favorite outliers? Yeah. Yeah, I could riff on you. Definitely. We can at least do I'll a few. start. I've got I've got two. I mean, look, when when this came up in the notes, I was like, man, the list is endless because it's like what constitutes an outlier? I mean this just goes on and on. But there's two that I, I've been kind of following for a while now and um, for different reasons. The first is Ross Edgley. Yeah. Uh, so just like a a beast, like in terms of physical performance, I think he's maybe unparalleled in, in terms of like, um, what's the word? What's the freaking word when you can do many different things? Polymath? Versatile. Polymath, Yeah. <laughs> I'll say versatile. Um, yeah. So, favorite outlier because of his physicality, but also like Brian Johnson, he's he's like a he's a scientific experiment. So he's so what himself. does he do? Like, what is is he just a fitness yeah. guy? I don't even know who he is. You got to look him up on YouTube. So oh, he's well. oh, well. he swam around the UK. Um, first one to the, do it, I think. The it took whole six thing. months. The whole thing. Yeah, dude. He's he's got a book about it. You got to read the book. He uh, oh, he swims around the UK. He doesn't touch land for six months. Obviously, he's not swimming for like six. Yeah. It's like staying in the water for six months. Um, there's just this one. There's one That's part a of nightmare. the book, which is a spoiler. But I, I tell everyone this because it's just insane. It kind of gives you insight into who he is. He's like swimming. I think it's somewhere near Scotland. Maybe he's a few months in. Um, and the guy on the boat says to him, "You got to sprint for the next three hours because there's a storm coming in." And so he's like, "All right." So he sprints for three hours. Oh. As soon as he starts, he feels this like stinging sensation across his face. He's like, oh, that's weird. Um, carries on, you know, 30 minutes in, he starts feeling like loss of feeling in his hands. It spreads to his arms, like so Swimming on and so on. Through so on. Jellyfish he gets, or something? 
yeah so he gets to the end of the three hours and he gets on the boat and the guy's like you're good he's like yeah i think i got stung by a jellyfish and he's like still on your face (laughs) (laughs) anyway just just attached yeah so he did that he's done a bunch of other stuff um he recently tried to do the longest swim i think consecutively in the the loch ness huge lake yeah uh, somewhere in the uk i think in scotland um i can't remember the exact he might have been going for 48 hours or he got to 48 hours or something like that but just insane like so he's like the david blaine of swimming (laughs) swimming uh there's a bunch of other things he's done like he's he's run pulling he's done a marathon pulling like a mini mini cooper behind him or some sort of small car um god but he's not just like a he's not like a david goggins in the sense that he just does this and then like talks about it like in a motivational sense he's he's got like a background in sports like uh sports science and so he's like approaching it as a scientist as well and he talks about it in that way in his books and um does he just do books or does he like just does he tweet you know or is he more like uh i think he does youtube and he he does books i would recommend the books though the the first book about him swimming the second one is like actually about his approach to training which i found fascinating yeah um like how do you build a training plan over the course of the year um and like hit all these different cycles and like so on and so forth um so that's my first why don't you jump in yeah my first is mike posner i think you know who mike posner is right love that guy do you um and you follow him on social uh i don't think i follow him but i i know enough about him to know that he's like a pretty cool dude yeah he's a vegan by the way but let's Uh, focus on the more important (laughs) thing um yeah never mind fuck that so the reason why mike posner is one of my favorite outliers so first off i know him personally we are not in touch or friends anymore but we went to college together and we were friends like legitimately um he's a year younger than me and uh, I used to drive him around sometimes because he's from Detroit. Huh. And I guess he didn't have a car. Um, so I have these like awesome little college memories. We went to a uh, music production, like three day, like training camp thing together. Um, I was, we, I helped start uh, a music studio on our campus and like got money from the school to have all the gear. That's where he recorded Cooler Than Me, his first hit. Hmm. Like, so we were really oh, overlapping. I- but um, so I, he had this basically... He had a top five, I think, Billboard pop single, Cooler Than Me, like as he was finishing college. And his wow. career just ex- explodes, as you expect. Yep. He's at every festival. He's on every late night show, Jimmy Fallon, like whatever they were then. He was on the Ellen show, just like literally just the next Justin Bieber type trajectory. Mm-hmm. And then complete and absolute crash. Like no label will put his music out. All of mm. the tracks he put out after that over the next couple of years, none of them went anywhere. And this has happened to so many like musicians and it's just crushing. Like, like it's completely crushing because you burn through your money. You thought you were hot shit. Now nobody gives a fuck. So Mike took that and literally was like, it's almost hard to explain, but like his entire career craters and he basically did he did a few things. One, he was like, I'm just going to lean into this. So he basically became homeless 
And he mm. started like just riding around the country and the desert with people. He started doing like psychedelics. He started going, he went to like the landmark forum. He went to Tony Robbins stuff. He just started like going deep, deep, deep into like self, whatever it is. Mm. And then he comes out of it. And this is like years later, this is like 2015, 2016. And he's taught himself how to play guitar. And he got super into like, quote, real music. Like, you know, he spent mm. ages listening to Johnny Cash and learning guitar and whatever. And he starts making music that way with a real band, proper piano, drums, guitar. And that's when he wrote, I took a pill in Ibiza, yeah. which was re remixed and was like the biggest song of, you know, huge, huge hit. Mm. And so but all the while through this story, he started sharing all of it publicly, like the mm. whole thing. And then he starts, you know, every day he's like, I'm going to be the happiest man on earth. He got into ice baths. He's like, he's extremely positive, extremely high energy. He's completely led by love and by the heart and has just changed everything. And so seeing that trajectory and him coming back from what would have killed 99.9% .9 of other yeah. people and becoming this, he's a thought leader. He's a speaker. He's a poet. He had a Grammy nomination. Like the dude just doesn't stop. And his motto is keep going. And so mm. I love the guy. A lot of his content is a little corny, a little cheesy. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you one more little thing about Mike Posner. When I was living in New York City, I hadn't thought about Mike in years. Like he had cooler than me, like I said, and then disappeared for like five years. And everybody was like, well, whatever happened to that guy? I was in Washington Square Park in, in the village. And I see, honestly, honest to God, I saw a homeless bum with a guitar behind him sort of like walking through long loose flannel thing no shoes kind of ragged pants big beard big curly hair just walking through the park carrying a guitar i glance and i glance and i glance and it was mike and i literally was like oh shit so i'm like i was like mike and he's like sunny and like we reconnected no way we talked for several minutes and i was just like um, do I need to call a mental institute? I, I, I'm like dead serious. <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh oh, this is a very tragic thing. But what he was telling me, he was like, dude, I'm I'm traveling the country. I'm writing songs better than I've ever written. I'm playing these small shows. I'm playing guitar now. He's like, I'm playing this mm. little thing in Brooklyn tonight. Why don't you come? And I mm. was just like, cuckoo, bye, Mike, yeah. whatever. Wrote him off. Turns out, he was doing this amazing shit, came out the other side, like took a pill in Ibiza, came out like six yeah. months after I saw him. He's back on top of the world. And it was just amazing to see that hmm. kind of front row. I, and of course, I wish I had given him the time of day and stayed friends with him, but such is life. I love that. It's such a unique story. Yeah. It's it just, I don't think music. many artists do that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, definitely have the crash. Most of them don't deal with it that well. Yeah. And Mike just wrote a song, like literally his songs are about how he got a million dollars and spent it all and how yeah. he had a pop song that was big and then nobody likes him anymore. Like all his songs mm. are about those things. So it's just kind of, mm. it's just, it's just amazing. But, um, all right, let's wrap this pod. We have a bunch more favorite outliers we'll talk about. Um, we and I got a bunch of new so. ideas. Yeah. Def. Yeah, man. Good episode. Right, yeah, actually was. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> See ya.